You are now entering Zone 4. Please be seated and prepare to experience the Nerd Aristocracy. Any offenses encountered by today's broadcast will not be the responsibility of the Mars Civex Consolidated Drilling Corporation or its subsidiaries. Welcome to the Nerd Aristocracy, the podcast for all things nerd. Available worldwide at nerdaristocracy.com. The leaders of the nerd proletariat, your esteemed hosts, Jonathan Bell and Ryan Reinecke. Greetings, proletariat. Jonathan Bell alongside the esteemed Mr. Ryan Reinecke. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, Jonathan Bell. How are you today? I'm doing uh, doing good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Uh, since we last talked, we had a couple of holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Valentine's Day and President's Day. Ah. Uh, which one was more eventful for you? E. Um, hmm. President. Valentine. Is it? Uh, it's a wash. You know, uh, every Present, year. Presentine's Day. Presentine's Day. Yeah. Yes. I, every year, I don't know which one to celebrate less. Right. Um, Valentine's Day, uh, last second, you know, I was like, ah, it's just a holiday Hallmark invented. It'll take my money. Sure. I don't have. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure the wife's not going to give me anything. I'm not going to get anything. We'll, we'll go out. We'll eat sometime because that's something we can all share in with the, the kid that's got to eat anyway, what the doctors say. And uh, I ended up being just suckered in at Walmart. And I got a couple of the non-Christmas stuff like, oh, chocolate-covered pomegranate balls. So let me get that. Non-Christmas or non-Valentine's? Non-Valentine's. Thank okay. you. I'm sorry. I was about to say, are you, <laughs> you typically get candy canes and stockings for your people on Valentine's Day? No, my, my brain is in the middle of the woods from the Nightmare Before Christmas with all the different holiday trees. And I just, I'm spinning in a circle. Word. Um, so, yeah, I got, got some just regular candy. But, I mean, it was like... Oh, from Belgium and stuff like that. It wasn't the shit they put out that says, like, for Valentine's Day, you know, prove you love sure. her. Um, and then I got the kids some oversized candy bar, and I printed some cards off of the internet. Okay. Got my kid a Minecraft one, and the wife uh, <clears throat> one that had a picture of Yoda as Cupid on it that some talented artist had done. And uh, it said, Yoda won for me. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Melissa, I got that idea because uh, Melissa, my wife, had uh, gotten me a card uh, same way from the internets uh, that was a vintage, like a Batgirl comic card or something like that. So that was pretty cool. And I was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Then I printed out one for them. And there you go. All in all, it cost me like six bucks. But then we went out to eat at some super Chinese buffet, and that was like $30. But right. It was yummy. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um I was thinking when you said that you were, you had your Christmas air, I was thinking that'd be a good good thing because you could you could buy in January, get all the Christmas shit for seventy five percent off, and then give it on Valentine's <laughs> oh, Day. Oh, honey, tinsel, so thanks. You, you wouldn't have to like no store it for a year to be able to give it. You could just. Keep it on hand for a couple of weeks. That's great. Give it a bunch of coffee mugs that say, like, 2012 Xmas on it. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, you fucking shouldn't have. Happy Kwanzaa. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not one of those power shoppers. I wish I had the foresight in the storage space and the lack of anything better to do, like my hands being cut off so I can't jerk off, (laughs) uh, to buy stuff. That is on sale, like all the decoration shit, and then break it out next year and then be like, hey, I got all my holiday stuff for like $5 at yeah. the closeout. <laughs> yeah, you know, the only two I things the only, <laughs> the only two things I've done that with ever are one year I bought the... Christmas Story leg lamp. The smaller version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I bought that at Walgreens, and I also same trip. I got the Charlie Brown Christmas tree um, that plays the Charlie Brown theme song. I got them both Just for a like stick. The pretty, Charlie Brown Christmas tree, pretty much, uh-huh, uh-huh. but uh, a stick that's modeled to the square T uh-huh. of of the actual one from the movie, and it's got a wooden base, and then you press the button, and it plays the Charlie Brown. Blah-blah. Anyway, got both of those for like 75% off at Walgreens one. Wow. January Christmas closeout. Now, I would argue that the leg lamp is year-round. 
You know, it would be if it were full size. Mm. Uh, being half size like it is, it's more of a novelty. You can't have by your bed or something, or your computer. Or your I office. could, but be I've got enough it. crap yeah. that I don't need to. I can, I can, I have the excuse to break out extra crap around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as far as I've got enough general crap as it stands. Yeah. To, to be chock full of, of, of crapness. You do have all season you. crap uh, I do. around here. Yeah, I, I do. like your uh, maritime uh, models you have up on your bookshelf. Thank you. Are those from your seaman days? They are not. Mm. Uh, they are pre seaman. Okay. Uh, Did you come to seaman after that? Uh, I actually came uh, many years ago to, to, to love seaman mm. and, and boats. Um, yeah, and boats, yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've got the uh the, the boats mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. various pictures yeah. and copper Ben Franklin up I've there. got a copper Ben Franklin bust from like the twenties or the thirties. Melt that shit down. I should. Uh-huh. Uh I also have my one pound of copper sitting right next to it. That's a copper That's one pound? That's one pound of wow. copper. It's a copper brick. Man, you won't have to rip out the wiring from that house down see, the street. See, many, right? Many, many people think that gold bars are the ones you see in movies and cartoons. That's not really what a gold bar looks like. That is what a gold bar looks like. That's it, not really a gold it bar looks like, in cartoons? It, it looks like a pack of cigarettes that's all copper or all gold or all silver. Yeah, is that an ingot? Is that what they call? Uh, isn't the ingot like the uh, looks like a ziggurat? It's like a parallelogram kind of. Dimension. Well, that's what I'm talking about. They, but that thing must be like fucking fifty yeah, pounds. That's, gold, that's, you know? Yeah, that's that's a considerable. Yeah, amount. it almost uh, it looks like a clip. And really, the only place that has those is Fort Knox. Right. And Fort Knox doesn't even have those anymore since we were taken off the gold standard. Right. So long live fiat. Yeah. For how long? Right. So there's that, yeah. and uh, yeah, you you don't have like a you don't have too much shit. I, right. I I'm, you know I'm not a hoarder, but I, I I have enough to where I don't need to add a half size leg lamp to the max. It's tasteful. Yeah, your display. Very good. But uh, anyway, it's funny you mentioned the, the the buying in advance because I was in Dollar General today, and they had their Valentine's crap on half off, mm-hmm. and I saw mm-hmm. some uh, some Batman valentines and i was like oh i should buy those half off stick them in the closet use them for next year and then i saw the original price was a dollar and i was like you know next year i'll just go ahead and spring for the whole dollar i'll live on the fucking edge so i don't have one more thing i've got to find a spot for in my house for a year and and then next year i'm going to forget about Mm -hmm. it and then it's going to end up sitting in my fucking attic for 30 years and becoming vintage batman valentines that i'll get five dollars for at the flea market in the 2047 or it could be like that episode of amazing stories uh with uh star wars's mark hamill where he just collects things Mother is like getting on to him to like let go of all these collectibles from his youth, but he just can't. They're the only friends he has. And then when he's an old furry hermit, somebody comes to his door one day and realizes the intrinsic value of all these collectibles that he's kept in mint condition. Right. He becomes a millionaire. But I never thought that that was great because by the time he's a millionaire, he's like fucking on his deathbed. Right. So it's kind of nothing like that. What was the hell? What was the Batman thing? Was it just like a. Be my Batventine or something like that. It, it was actually one of the. Uh, it was the Batman cartoon. The uh, Tim Burton one. Brave and brave and beautiful. Beautiful or bold and beautiful or bold and brave. Yes, that's what I mean. The uh, Batman cartoon. No, the bold and the beautiful is like a soap opera. Okay. Well, it's Batman something and something. Okay. A cartoon. Thanks for narrowing it down. Uh, yeah, you know, there can't be that many fucking Batman cartoons that You'd have a subtitle blank and blank. Uh, anyway, they, they were themed little first grade class Valentine's Day. And I just thought, oh, that'd be cool to fill out, give to my adult friends as kind of a fucking, hey, how you doing? You're a friend of mine. Happy Valentine's no, that's Day. Sweet. Yeah. Hey, remember when we got excited about these in the third grade? Right. Yeah. I mean, for for f- 50 cents or a dollar mm-hmm. for an entire mm-hmm. box, I think that's a minimal investment to likely bring a smile to 
10, yeah. 15 people. I had to get there. some of that shit for my kid because, you know, she's in third grade. And sure. so I was like, oh, there's 21 kids in class. You got to get 21 Valentines, blah, blah, blah. My wife's like, well, why don't we just print them out, you know? It's like, I don't want to waste the ink. Let's go to the fucking big right. lots and yeah. spend a dollar twenty-five and get a pack of whatever the fuck. Sure. You know? And my kid was like, oh, they got like My Little Pony ones that are like diamond studded. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking get that. Oh, look, lifesavers, generic, happy, colored things. I didn't get these, you yeah. know? And then we had to like give some snacks for the Valentine's Day party. And my wife was like, oh, fuck, I gotta cook some sugar cookies or something like that. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck that. I'm gonna go to Walmart and see what's on sale from Mardi Gras. Sure. Yeah, these Mardi Gras cupcakes that were on sale. I didn't get those because I was like, I don't want to be seen as that poor by, yeah, by you, eight-year-olds, you, you, you know? Like, as an adult, we, I would have no problems bringing Mardi Gras cupcakes to, be cool. to your party yeah. and saying, yeah, these are awesome, and I got them for $3. Yeah. And you would give me a high five and say, awesome. Yeah, like, king cake too. Woo. But as a kid, you know, it's kind of like... Didn't this happen? But then the teachers are like... Poor Robin's family. All right. They're Sending leftover king cake. Yeah, I'm like, well, fuck you, Miss Skernit. You're teaching the third grade. Thank yeah. you. In public school? Fuck. <laughs> Get bent. Um, speaking of my kid, she uh, had head lice recently. Really? I don't think so. Okay. Because, well, they don't have the best nurse there at the public school, as you can imagine. And I guess they went to lice checks. And I'm saw just surprised they hair. have a nurse, period. I, I think by law they have to. I thought they just let kids die now. But I think on her door, nurse is in quotes. Like, nurse. Okay. Um, uh, large woman of color in there. Uh, a fine, fine lady. Um, and I was called to pick up the child immediately because she was contaminated. And went there, I was like, oh, and she's like, well, it's not so bad. She hasn't got so many. And I was like, all right, cool. And my, my daughter was in the little nurse room with a boy that she likes that's in her class. Oh, wow. And also another girl that my daughter has said that this boy that she likes likes. Oh, wow, a love yeah. triangle. So I was like, holy, what kind of fucking threesome were you guys right. doing with your heads? Sure. So, so when I got done beating him. Right. Off. Took the kid home with my tongue. Um, well, like I need to say that. Um, the hands are too rough. They're young penises. Um, <laughs> got her home and I was like, hey, wife, you handled the lights. You know, that's that falls into motherdom territory. Sure. I just like, let me know what I need to wash at the laundromat. Okay? Right. Let me know what I have to throw in a fire. Yes, because uh, obviously by, by sexual culture standards, men are responsible for laundry. That's, that's it's true. Since it's we're true. we're we're holding to feminist. Well, no, it's like thought. what are the mechanical things I can do? Because you have to mis- you have to shampoo sure. the kid's hair yeah. and do the lice comb. Plus, you have to. She's a nursing school. She's got to study for that. I'll go eat up an hour and a half at the fucking laundromat. Right. You study your books. Uh, you get out of nursing school. You make a lot of money, so I can just retire and become an alcoholic. Sure. And do pills. Um, right. And she was going through the kid's hair. She's like, I don't know if I can see anything. You see this right here? It moves. If it was a lice knit, it wouldn't move. And then I realized the day before, the kid and I went out to a park here and, like, roamed in the wilderness. And then we went out to the beach, and the kid fucking rolled around in the sand. So it's probably just some giblets of sand in her hair. Right. I was like, well, I'm glad I spent $26 on this fucking rid shampoo for the fucking kid. But still, we went through the drill anyhow <clears throat> and brought her back and gave her a clean bill of health. And there you go. But lice is such a thing. And it makes you feel like you're dirty. Like you're living on a fucking bloody mattress in a trailer or something like that. Which the other kids were. I mean, they are from like a super lower income bracket. So my kid can marry rich. That's what I tell her all the time. Yeah, I I had scabies one time. Woo! Yeah. Are you going back to a pirate ship? Were you... I was not, uh, but I was informed by the doctor that you could get it from lying on uh, unhealthy bedding. And that was at a time when I was staying in, you know, a different cheap, shitty motel every night on the road doing comedy. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, so this is in your later years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was not as a kid. This was... So you cut this from like a... Motel 8 or something. Yeah, like a Ooh. fucking Ramada Inn or some awesome. shit. So Awesome. Uh, that was... What is scabies? How does it manifest itself? Is mites. It rash or mites something? in the skin. That In the skin? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. And it is horrible, dude. 
it itches so bad to the point that you can't do anything because you're just thinking of scratching yourself. That's all you can possibly, your mind, in all seriousness, your mind cannot, by that. Yeah. cannot concentrate on anything but the intense itching you're feeling at any given moment. I bet that would really ruin an acid trip. Yeah, yeah. God, it me. It was it was pretty pretty bad. That's fantastic. Yeah, but uh, luckily it's. What do they do with that? Like hot baths and acid, or it's 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 a cream Mm -hmm. that you put on from head to toe, Mm -hmm. and you treat yourself like twice, and then and it soaks into your skin, and and it's essentially a pesticide. Yes, I get wow, that's fucked up. Yes, (laughs) and and it kills. The little mites. Wow. I just rub this cream to off into myself. Yeah, but it's it's something like trust me, the itching is so intense that you don't half-ass this. It's worth it, huh? You're like, I'm going to cover every millimeter of skin on my body, behind my knees, behind my ears, in my ears, under my eyebrows, whatever it takes to get these motherfuckers out of my body. Well, congratulations for winning the fight against scabies. Yes, thank you, Modern Medicine. Mm-hmm. So, Good there stuff. Was that Jonathan Scabies story. That's awesome. I don't know. I want to follow it up with something, but I can't think of what. Um, what's the thing, like the, the welts that you get that's kind of like uh, looks like somebody hits you like with a whip? Uh, those are called welts. No, no, no. no. Welts like, from it's physical It's a version abuse. of chicken pox and also some version of syphilis, I think. Because chicken pox is syphilis, right? Fuck if I know, dude. Like it's shingles. 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 Yeah, I had shingles. That was awful. Really? It just developed. It might have been stress-related. Sometimes that can happen. That's what I hear. It's in New Orleans at the time, and it looks like somebody just took a leather whip and went whoosh to like, your rib cage. And it itches intensely... But then you have the added bonus of breaking out into like fever sweats for a couple of days. And I was like, uh, did some research on the internet and there's no insurance. So there's nothing I can do. My wife was like, well, go to the, you know, doc in a box, you know, clinics that you can just walk into or whatever. And the doctor was like, thanks, that'll be uh, $40 for coming in to see me. And uh, here's a prescription for this antidepressant. Uh, that side effect is to make the shingles go from seven days to five and a half days. It's like, that's fan-fucking-tastic. Thanks so much. <laughs> and I went to Walgreens. I was like, all right, let me get this stuff to shave a day and a half of it. All right, that'll be $400. I was like, Are you serious? Yeah. And so I started... $400. $400. No insurance. And I started crunching the math. Like, how uncomfortable is this? And how much per hour do I have to pay right. to take a day and a half off? I was like, well, fuck it. If I'm going to go five days anyway, I might as well go another day and a half. Yeah. So I ended $10 up an hour. getting a mortar and pestle that sure. we happened to have. Uh, actually, I think I, I went out to Whole Foods and I bought one. <clears throat> and I took uh, aspirin, regular off-the-shelf aspirin, some vitamin E, you know, the oil in the pills, and uh, some neosporin. And some olive oil to help emulsify it, and I mixed it and crunched it all together, and then I basically made my own topical salve that worked, and rubbed it on myself, and the uh, the aspirin that was pulverized soaked into my skin, and it deadened the nerve pain because it's nerves that are just going. Yeah! Right. That's pretty much what it is, and that would work for a good half hour to an hour at a time, and I just kept a bucket of that shit uh, process that I would do, but still went through the fevers and everything. I was fucking miserable. But yeah, I had that. Some shingles and scabies. That's yes, exciting. Yes, that's, yes. I do want to tell the proletariat about one. I, did I talk about goodrx.com last time around? Yep. Mm-mm. I really want to pass the, on the word about this website, goodrx.com. Not a sponsor of the show. Not a sponsor of the show, but I will praise them to the highest level to anyone I talk to. And rarely do I come across a product or service that, check this out. That, that I will praise so readily. But I was listening to NPR one night, and they had these two guys. They're in their 20s, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing a, 
uh, interviewing them about their website, GoodRx.com. And basically, what they've done is completely free. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to get a username and a password and all that crap. What they've done is, you know those little cards you get for the prescription drug benefit mm -hmm. cards? Yeah, yeah. There are a, a thousand of those, probably more, right. but a thousand of those from every different company and association and membership club and Lions Club and whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. What they've done is they've taken all of those that are free and available to the public, put them in a database, then taken every pharmacy or every cooperating 21st century pharmacy that has online computer databases of their prices and they've tied in to all those pharmacies and then you're not looking at me for this intense visual that i'm doing here okay so on one side we've got all the prescription cards that's high mm -hmm. this database mm -hmm. then they oh. have the price database for all walgreens cvs you know bob's pharmacy and company mm -hmm. whatever the fuck and they compare the two. So you type in your zip code and you type in what medicine you take. They will find the nearest pharmacy with the lowest price. They'll compare all the prices of all those prescription drug cards and the pharmacies that honor them. And they will crunch the numbers and give you the price. Okay, at CVS, this Flonase is $21 per bottle with this prescription drug card. Wow. And what you do, fucking powerful. you just click print. It prints out on your regular DeskJet inkjet printer, basically a copy of that prescription drug card. And you bring it in and it's like a coupon. You know, it says Flonase $21. Here are all the numbers that the pharmacist has to have to type in for your prescription drug card. And bam. Last time I got Flonase, dude, I just stopped taking Flonase for like a month or two because it was costing me 70 bucks a bottle, and I just can't afford that. At Walgreens, it was 70-something dollars, like $71 a bottle. I went on GoodRx.com, typed in Flonase 39503, uh, bam. $21. $21 at CVS. What? Saved me $50, dude, on one prescription Overnight, no signing up for shit, no scam, no email list, nothing. Go to goodrx.com, type in two things, hit enter, hit print, you're done. <clears throat> and I thought it was a, I, I thought there was something fishy about it. Like, yeah, it was on NPR. Yeah, they sounded legit. It was like a 15 minute interview. So it wasn't just like a, hey, these guys started a website. It was like a really in depth interview. But I thought when I when I actually went to the site and typed it in, I thought there's no way I can get Flonades, which is $70 for us uninsured Americans. I thought there was no way I could get it for $20. And sure enough, dude, I went to CVS, gave it to them. They went back there, typed in a few numbers, took a second, came back with, bam, $21.46. Uh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. I wonder what the uh, the arc is. You know, what's the, what's the point? I mean, these people aren't just out to do good in the universe. I mean, there's got to be some. What's their gain from it? You know. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm gonna enjoy it while it's out there. Yeah. You know. No kidding. But yeah, Check if you if you or anybody in your family takes prescriptions and uh, you are uninsured, then please hit up GoodRx.com and get the best price you can. It looks like it's head up by a uh, Yahoo guy. Uh, that's the CEO that used to be at Yahoo, wasn't the CEO. Uh, and then one of the first employees of Facebook. Looks like they're the uh, founders behind it. And they got some uh, CEOs, uh, advisors behind them. Dr. Sharon Orange Mindy of University of Southern California. Awesome. Good for those folks. Uh, fucking right. Uh, I got to get on some drugs. Well, I'm just still saying. Prescription, though. I'm just saying, if the kiddo ever needs some medicine, which I understand right. kids use a lot, yeah, um, hit it up, dude, because it will save you some serious bread. That's cool, man. That's a good get. I like that. But, I uh, wonder if the people in Russia could have used that for meteor 
Ointment. Ointment, yeah. That's a bad segue. You're gonna, it's a terrible segue. You gotta have that. Gotta have that done. Yeah. So, what did you think about the meteor coming into the sky and scaring a bunch of Russians? I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, it was covered pretty heavily on the coast to coast AM. And I uh, enjoyed. Ah, I did not get to tune in. Learning uh, some more about uh, meteors and meteorites. Um, but uh, overall, one thing I am, I pride myself on being a worldly guy. You know, most Americans are, think, have a pretty small scope of thought. Mm. You know what I mean? We are not known for being worldly cultured. No. Uh, set gets them through the day. I pride myself on on normally living outside of that realm, mm-hmm. but when it comes to world events, I can tell you if I'm listening to the news and it's something about the Middle East, I just completely fucking tune out, man. And I know Russia's not in the Middle East, mm-hmm. but my point was if it if they're talking about Korea or China or Japan, for some reason I'm tuned in. You know, I think been burned out in the Middle East. I think so, man. I think I've just been burned the fuck out on the shark over the last 20 years of my life, from Desert Storm to 9/11 and all the Mm -hmm. bullshit that's followed. I I just don't give a fuck anymore, and I know that's terrible to say, and I know I should give a fuck. But honestly, I don't. If I'm listening to the news and they start talking about some Middle Eastern shit, I change the channel. If I'm listening to NPR and they're talking about, oh, well, this British reporter has been embedded in Zikafakistan. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi. Uh, hello, uh, Bradford. Uh, we understand you are in Zikafakistan. Uh, I change the channel because I just don't <laughs> give a fuck. But Russia... For some reason, I've kind of looped it into the whole... Yeah, well, there's a whole intrigue of the Orient. And I think that goes with China and and Japan. And then there's Russia. And then it has that old school intrigue from the 80s. Like, what are those Ruskies up to now that, you know, James Bond isn't on them anymore? Right. So I'm interested in that. And then also to hear things like the meteor come and some top Russian politician suggests that it was a United States military operation, and, oh, that's mm-hmm. really what it was. And to, to think, like, oh, wow, they got people like that in government that are allowed to speak, that say things, of course, I'm thinking about American you know, representatives that sure you know, stupid yeah, yeah. shit. So yeah, I'm really, thinking of uh, the Tea Party people that are like, oh, a, a woman's uterus is... <laughs> Able to reject the semen of a rapist, yeah. you know those kind of things. Women like, get raped because they want to be. Oh, raped. that's some good hard, hard science, you mm-hmm. fucking moron. Yeah. Uh, so that's not a really good argument, but uh, no, I, I am interested in, in Russia. I like I like the same thing to consider myself rather worldly. Although I can't tell you really what's going on geopolitically in like Europe. Sure. I like Europe. Love to travel there, but I don't know like the status of their shit. I know they're you know, bankings in the toilet like everybody else's. Right. Um, I am interested in Syria a little bit because it's like kind of Mideast, but it's like North Africa and it's kind of a a new area uh, of Islam around there as opposed to the Middle East prime. And Russia and China are kind of backdoor feeding Assad's regime. So that kind of maybe brings my interest in. But see, this is the other thing. Like, I have a feeling... I think that the reason why I'm fascinated with with Asia is if shit jumps off over there, it's going to escalate really quickly and could be a world war. Mm -hmm. You know, if North Korea actually fires a nuke at someone instead of testing one, if that little short motherfucker thinks, oh, okay, well, Japan's eyeing me, not... You know, Japan eyeing me is pissing me off. I'm going to fire a nuke into Tokyo. That's going to jump off some real shit. Mm -hmm. But like in the Mideast, they've been fighting for 2,000 years. So I'm just over it. I'm sick of fucking hearing about who the Walla Walla tribe is fighting on the border of Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... I'm burnt out on it because it's not new anymore. It's not, oh, what's happening in the war in, in Kazakhstan? Because it's been going on for 2,000 yeah. fucking years. 
It is so. And it's like, why even report it? BC. Well, because there's new developments. I mean, you have new people that are taking Islam and bringing it into regions where there was no Islam. I mean, like Africa. What was the country recently? Mali? Was that it? Um, where the French used to have a toehold in there, and then you had a bunch of tribes coming in and beating the shut and hacking people up. And I mean, you know, fundamentalism is nasty. Uh, but when you throw in like ethnic cleansing to it, yeah, too, but it's that just, shit's like, been happening in third third world Africa for at least decades. That shit's been happening since the fucking seventies. You got a bunch of crazy fucking dictators mm-hmm. that wear the army get you know right. Well, I think your your guard. thing is what you're saying is like that's relatively contained. That's not going to spill out of that area and affect yeah my and, price of. You know, Budweiser. And it's not that I don't feel bad for them or sympathize for those people going through that shit. What I'm saying is at some point when it's been going on for so long, Mm -hmm. there's no longer a need to report it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like if you go home and punch your wife in (laughs) the eye. You would be a terrible reporter. If you go home and punch your wife in the eye or know in your case, if every day your wife comes home and punches you in the eye. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. She usually keeps it in the chest so it doesn't show up. Well, that's a smart woman. Mm-hmm. You figure after the first five years of this happening and you call in your brother or your best friend or your mom and saying, hey, Melissa punched me in the eye for five years, eventually they're going to say, okay, either leave her or stop fucking calling me because I'm sick of you calling me every single day of every year and telling me how your wife punched you in the eye. I'm sick of hearing it. Why do they have that response? It's not that they don't care about you as a person. It's because they're just sick of hearing the same shit day after day after day after day after day. So if the Middle East came up with something new, you might be interested. Potentially, yes. But it's always the same shit. Uh, my dad, you know, growing up, we used to watch headline news every fucking night at the dinner table. That was it. It was that's depressing. Some kind of hamburger helper and fucking headline news. Now I know where the scarring comes from. And every night it was, you know, the same shit. Oh, so and so, you know, fighting in Africa, and so and so, Iraq, and. Lebanon and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the same. And it's the same shit that's on the TV now. Mm-hmm. The only reason we care about it so much now is because 9-11 happened. And there were ratings when it came to talking about Middle East shit. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, let's embed reporters here, here, and here. And, oh, my God, so-and-so is trying to do an uprising in Kazakhstan. Let's send our best news team and let's put some asshole, you know, give him a microphone and stick a fucking army helmet on him and make him go sit in the foxhole with, you know, Joe Blow from Missouri and shoot some fucking brown people. Like, <laughs> that's what it is, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I, I see some of that. I mean, uh, especially the uh, Israeli-Palestinian uh, stuff. That shit doesn't change. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm interested in is... Uh, the countries that are a little bit more along and developed, like Syria, where you have the populace that are rising up against the establishment on a huge scale. And this isn't just some fucking uh, thatched huts out in Africa. This is like, you know, a fairly organized society right. uh, like Egypt went through, you know, and that kind of change bleeding into other countries. That's that's a really new thing. And something I do that might help my interest is... I monitor stocks of countries uh, that are tied to countries that are in conflict. For instance, I've been watching this one stock that has oil fields on certain parcels of Syria's drilling territory. And I saw them go nosedive when the Syrian rebellion hit because, well, they can't get their product out anymore, but they still own that shit. So the stock has fallen like 80%. So if the company doesn't fold, what happens if you buy in now, something's going to happen to Syria, it's going to clear up, then it starts shooting back up. It might be a really good time to buy. Yeah, my problem with... If I had money. My problem with investing in countries where volatile shit is going on 
is like in that statement <laughs> is the fact that yeah they might own those oil fields but what does own mean right who's like, going to win they own the deed that's filed at the courthouse well that's good but the courthouse is on fire right now <laughs> so you can say yeah i own this piece of land but really who owns it and i'm doing the quotes for mm-hmm. the proletariat i feel it who owns it are the motherfuckers sitting on there with, you know, M60s and fucking AR15s and mortar shells? Mm-hmm. Those dudes own it. Yeah, your name might be on the deed at the courthouse and well, your logo thing. might be on the gate, but you don't own it anymore. When it all shakes down, who's going to be in control sure. and what are they going to honor right. business-wise? Exactly. Um, but even if you fall that way, for the time being, yeah, do it. The AK-47 owns it. But whoever ends out on top, Assad or a new regime, they're going to want to bring money back into that economy. And the easiest way to do that is to tap the people who were in there already and know the process of making money out of the land. Right. Unless they were sucking the person's dick who got beat. You know? Sure. Um, and, well, I mean... If I had money, I would probably invest and lose it. Also, I don't. Uh, but I think that's an interesting you were, facet. You were you would suck a lot of dick. If uh, you, more if you had money. Mm, quite the opposite. I would, <laughs> okay. I'd be able to give up those Thursday nights behind the Chevron, uh, and see. I could just sit back and You'd just have a night off. Say no, trucker Randy. It is your turn. Yes. What? Nope. Yeah. nope. All right. Well, uh, on that lovely visual, why don't we take a five-minute break? Okay. And uh, we will be back on the flip side. There we go. And hey, folks, we're back. Welcome to the second... I'm going to say the second half. part because I don't know if we'll go a full another half. Mm, mm, so second uh, I'll just say segment. Yes, the second segment is more clinical. More clinical. So, Oscar picks. Oscar picks. <clears throat> I'm going to go through a couple of them right now. We're okay. just going to throw out some wins, all right? Okay. So, put some money on these, the nerd aristocracy. We have it down. Caveat, we have not seen like 90% of these movies. Right. Best Picture, Amour, Argo, Beasts of the Southern Wild, I haven't even heard of these fucking things, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Jonathan, call it. I think that Hollywood is going to be self-congratulatory. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to go Argo. Really? Yeah. I would say Les Miserables. Mm, this is good. The best picture good? Uh, I mean, Django Unchained, I don't even think that should be in there. It was a fun movie, <clears throat> but shit. My thing is the Oscars seldom give best picture to a musical. So I <clears throat> think they're probably not going to give it to, to Les Mis. I think that... Because Argo is such a pat on the back to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, oh look what we did—we saved these people. The Holly- self blowjob, yeah, the, the Hollywood machine, blah blah blah. I think uh, it's going to win for for best picture. Okay, so, I'll back you up on Argo. Argo, I'm, I'm going Argo. Argo, it is. Did you see it? I did not. Me neither. Actor in a leading role: Bradley Cooper, Silver Linings Playbook. Daniel Day Lewis, Lincoln. Hugh Jackman, Leaves Rubber. Joaquin Phoenix, the master. Tinzel Washington, flight. Now we have some, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see, Daniel Day, DDL, has won before for Best Actor. At least one. Uh, Denzel, he won a Best Actor award, did he not? He did. Okay, so I think he won it for American Gangster. <clears throat> let's cross those guys out. Uh, Joaquin, mm, Hugh Jackman, this is pretty good. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper, that guy. I don't even know what that movie's about, so I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not going to say Joaquin Phoenix. They feel bad for his dead brother, and this is the first time he's been nominated, so why not? 
Oh, I'm going to go Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. DDL again? I'm Come gonna, on, dude. Dude, he got so much fucking hype for that performance. And and rightly so, I think. Well, rightly he just so. kicked so much ass, but it's not even fair to have him in there. You have to put him in there because, yes, he kicked a lot of ass, but you can't give it to him just because he's in there because you're going to give it to him every time, right? I mean, like, Kings of New York, didn't he win for that? Best supporting, at least? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to pretend he did. All right, we're going to go split ticket on that. Split ticket <clears throat> on that. Jonathan's going uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, DDL, and I'm going Joaquin Phoenix, because yes. I think they are, feel bad about his dead brother. <clears throat> Actress in a leading role, Jessica Chastain, Zero Dark Thirty. Jennifer Lawrence, Silver Linings Playbook. Emmanuel Riva, Amour. Quivava Wallace, Beast of the Southern Wild. If I can't pronounce her name, she's not going to win. Naomi Watts, The Impossible. <clears throat> Okay, uh, the impossible. That's like a tsunami thing. Zero Dark Thirty terrorists, mm-hmm. strong woman role. Yeah. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Still don't know what that is, so I'm gonna cross that out. Uh, a more that sounds uh, foreign, so I'm gonna cross that out. So it's down to Naomi Watts and Jessica Chastain. I'm gonna go Jessica Chastain Zero Dark Thirty. I'm gonna agree with you Very on that. And let's just do the last actor in a supporting role. <clears throat> Alan Arkin for Argo. Robert De Niro Silver Linings Playbook. Philip Seymour Hoffman, The Master, Tommy Lee Jones, Lincoln, or Christoph Waltz, Django Unchained. Now, Django, uh, Christopher Waltz has already won one. Tommy Lee Jones has already won one. De Niro has already won one. <clears throat> Philip Seymour Hoffman, is he one of the best actor? I don't know. And Alan Arkin, I th- I'm leaning towards Alan Arkin because I don't think he's won an Oscar. And he's really like the closest to the grave out of that lineup. So... I think they're going to kind of be like, for your life's work, here's a sympathy uh, Oscar. I mean, De Niro, he probably has a bathroom full of fucking Oscars. I'm going to go with Tommy Lee Jones. Split ticket. Go on, Tommy Lee Jones. Damn. TLJ. All right. Um, All right, John is going Tommy Lee Jones. I am going Alan Arkin, actor in a supporting role. Now, finally, actress in a supporting role. Amy Adams, The Master. Sally Field, mm, Lincoln. Anne Hathaway, Les Miserables. Helen Hunt, The Sessions. And Jackie Weaver, Silver Linings Playbook. Now, um, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay, the only one that I have your... seen out of this lineup is Anne Hathaway, okay? She's got a lot of things going for her. She's she's not new. She's been in the Hollywood game for a while, but she's really matured her career from the Princess Diaries kind of fluff shit you take your kid to to uh, this just drama with a spoon. It's so thick you could live off of it. And granted, she's not in the movie a tremendous amount. I mean, she's probably got a total of like 17-minute screen time, if that. But uh, this bitch put her fucking ice cream scooper in my chest, spun it around like it was hot sherbet, and pulled out my guts uh, with that one shot uh, song, uh, that last song, wherever, you know, life sucks. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sally Field, and of course, you know, uh, acting Maven. Uh, Amy Adams, really like her. I've seen her come up a bit to, um, great, I haven't seen this movie. Jackie Weaver, don't know her. Helen Hunt, uh, I don't like her face. So I'm going to go Anne Hathaway. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go out on a limb here because. I thought you'd be a shoe in for. I think, in my opinion, Anne Hathaway deserves it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick her on this. Okay. Okay. But the caveat of... Caveat is, I think Hollywood is in love with Sally Field. And I think Hollywood could really, really easily pick Sally Field to win this award. But, in my opinion, I personally believe Anne Hathaway kicked enough ass... Mm-hmm. In her, albeit short appearance yeah. in Les Mis, to garner the award. Uh, yeah, I think that's so the, the point of a supporting role. I am going to go ahead and and and, and pick Anne Hathaway and right, Les Mis good. for this. Yeah, it's like a supporting role. It's like, where's the door to the stage? Okay, it's here. Show me the ass to kick. Boom, it's kicked. I'm gone. Bye bye. Yes, that that's supporting actor. Right. Uh, Sally Field. Yeah, she's been around a long time. 
I don't I don't think there's enough and I think young she, Hollywood to care about. I her. think she did a great job in that film. I'm not taking anything away from her performance. I'm just saying she is the maven of 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 Hollywood, the movers and shakers. The people in power love her. So you're going to apply my philosophy of Alan Arkin. She's the closest to the grave and has done so much great work that they might just give her one for that. Although I think she might have won a... That's true, but I still think Tommy Lee is going to... Well, he's old, too. Alan Arkin. Okay, cool. Well, you heard it here first, nerd aristocracy. Place your bets. Uh, We might even do a rerundown once the Oscars play this coming on Sunday, uh, if we can remember. Um, so that brings me into a uh, videotainment talk. Uh, you're not a big Walking Dead fan, are you? I'm not. Um, okay. I, I was not. I, I just have not been bitten by the bug. Oh, there you go. Bitten by the zombie bug. Yes. Um, well, they came back for season three and a half, I guess. They've changed showrunners and stuff like that. So uh, somebody else kind of you know, doing the day-to-day producing of the show uh, <clears throat> kind of picked up briefly. I'll just go over where last season uh, kind of stumped off. And from the very first minute of the episode there was something tangible missing i don't know if it was in the lighting the set was identical because they came back in a scene to continue a scene that the last season ended on a cliffhanger but it just had this kind of plastic unsubstantial feel to it it like lost some of its cred i don't know what happened and the lead actor, uh, the guy who plays Rick, who's like the sheriff that's trying to hold this ragtag band together, and he's kind of losing it because his wife just died in childbirth, and he's got like a little infant in this zombie world. He comes back looking like he spent fucking uh, three months on a carnival cruise. Like he's got fullness of face, and he's well fed, right. and he's trying to do his crazy frantic eyes, but you can tell this guy's been eating hamburgers and shit. Sure. Where they left off last season, it looks like he was eating pine nuts and squirrel feet. Right. And, and I mean, he was all gaunt and fucking Schindler's List extra. And then you come back here, and it's like, oh no, he looks like he'd go a couple of rounds with fucking De Niro and Raging Bull. And it's like, that's ah, just a total, total disconnect. Uh, it, it's almost as upsetting as if an actor, uh, as a character, is recast in a, a movie series or something like that. Where you're like, no, no, that's not the Silence of the Lambs bitch. It's supposed to be that one girl that whose name I can't remember. Uh, contact came out of the closet. Reagan got shot for her. <laughs> um, Jodie Foster? Bing! Jodie Foster wrote a thousand points, Jonathan Bill. Yes, Jodie Foster, when they changed her over to uh, the chick that was getting fucked in the skates and Boogie Nights. Julianne Moore. Bing! Ryan for 500. Um, <laughs> it was like, no. I felt like, wow, what's that lady, the big fat one that was in the movie with the writer, Misery? Uh, uh, her name was Annie Potts in that movie, I think. And uh, uh, she was. Savaging James Kahn, forcing him to write. You lost me. But when she broke down and she was like, no, the car went off the cliff and I was the only one that stood up in the movie theater and shouted, false, false. Oh, misery? Yeah. Oh, Kathleen Bates. Kathy Bates. Thank you. Ding, Jonathan Berthos. Join us next on Who's That Bitch? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I feel as frantic as she did of like, no, it's just a total disconnect. It's got to be the same actress, um, stuff like that. Like the continuity that kills me, dude. And I'm a fucking Nazi nerd about that. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's highly informed from your serious actor side where it's just like okay look if you're gonna take this role and you're gonna call yourself a serious actor in a extremely popular drama Mm. you gotta be able to fucking lay off the bacon sandwiches (laughs) yeah in the off season you owe it to that thing that made you famous sure yeah that made your pay raise go from I don't know, $100,000 an episode to $300,000 an episode when it got greenlit for another season. Right. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Let me not fuck over this and my fans and the good things about that. Right. And I blame his agent and the people around him in his life. They should be like, dude, 
Lay off the bacon sandwich. Put down you know? the cookie dough. Yeah, here's fucking, some. Here's a granola bar, bitch. Get in shape. An orange. Yeah, but um, that came back. Eh, still, still waiting uh, to see what happens in that. You know, haven't lost faith yet, as I did in Dexter, that fucking piece of shit. Um, Game of Thrones, eagerly, eagerly awaiting that. The countdown has begun, man. Yeah, what? Another, Mar- March, right? March 31st. Ooh. Sunday, March 31st. Coming, baby. There you go. We need to have some sort of a, a you know, little marathon of uh, seasons one and two in the week prior to. That'd be cool. Just come over, get through a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. Sit up and watch it all, eat turkey legs. That's it. Drink some There's red wine. big fucking. Massive uh, Renaissance fair yeah. fucking turkey legs, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and like a flagon of wine. <laughs> yes. And a couple of winches, dude. Just a, a flagon of wine. Fucking slap around. A big bowl of mashed potatoes. No gravy, just coarsely mashed potatoes. Yeah, with a fist. Yeah. It's, you know, maybe a little salt and a little pepper. But wine is our gravy. That's it. Maybe a ton of butter. But that's... We, need, we need some some other vegetable in there, like a huge radish or something, just to eat. Yes. <laughs> or an onion. Just take a bite out of an onion. Oh. I don't even like onion, but just take a bite out of a fucking onion. For that, you will. Yeah. 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 All right, I'm there. Let's do that. The plan. Just a couple of them. Shit. It's a plan. So, uh, what are you nerding on? Uh, still, still nerding on the uh, on the writing of the comedy album. Cool. So still, still developing s- that. Still working hard on that. Um, on. And probably that's probably what I'll be nerding on for several more months. Okay, I'll and, keep bringing uh, it up. Yeah, and because I'm happy to talk about it, because I'm, I'm, I have to talk about it. I have to uh, talk about it publicly, not to say, "Ooh, I'm doing a comedy album," just to keep myself motivated. You know, if I keep it inside, it'll never get done just because I'm that meticulous. But if I tell people, hey, I've got another album coming out this fall, then it kind of forces my hand. Yeah, people be like, hey, where are you on that? Oh, fuck, yes. Uh, Well, actually, the other day I developed this and that. Exactly. And I'll go home and write fucking 15 pages to not look like a huge fucking liar. So um, I'm I'm nerding out on on some, some comedy. What are you up to these days? I just go off on the tangent of looking like a big liar. Uh, uh, Where I work sometime, uh, part-time selling uh, the, uh, representing the Apple computers to our fine servicemen and women at Keesler Air Force Base in Bluxy, Mississippi. Sure. Um, I had one of the regular, like, nerds of the electronic zone there. Good guy. Charlie. Charlie. And that's how I say it every time I see him. I'm like, Charlie. And I think he thinks I'm a gay latch or something uh anyway he was like hey i was looking at your profile on facebook man and uh you know i know that you've done some acting stuff so i asked myself how can i ever trust anything he says is real i was like hmm that's a very good question charlie you can't you cannot but no i said uh well you can but then again if i'm a liar i'm gonna say that anyway uh, most things I do are just heightened aspects of my natural inclination. Right. Sometimes I will take a stance on a controversy or an argument just to argue a point sure. of devil's advocate. You right. know, I may not believe in it. But a lot of times... Uh, yeah, I call base... that half of our contact and communication between one another. Yes, uh, that's a lot of what uh, me and my wife's relationship is built upon, actually. Right. And, but she, she knows enough to call me out on it after you know going around a couple of times. But I just thought that was interesting, how, you know, oh, I know this actor guy, he's just going to be a fucking liar. It's like, well, acting is not lying. That's the whole thing. Acting is, you know, getting to the, the nugget root of truth and then bending that to fit the situation and the character right. and, and whatnot. Please cast me in something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't take it um, right now, I'm nerding on Game of Thrones, still reading that. Clash okay. of Kings. Uh, it's good. Uh, Theon gets a lot more in there, you know, like Theon's inner good thoughts. Good old Greyjoy. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bitch, dude. Like, the more you read it, the more you're kind of like, okay, this is Anakin Skywalker. Like, oh, I should be this, and I should be that. Yeah. The attitude. But he doesn't have the kick-assness that Anakin Skywalker had. I wish so much George Lucas would have written Anakin more like that, somebody who just feels enabled to abuse their power and who thinks more of themselves uh, 
but thinks they're doing the right thing in a, in a certain way. And that wasn't just conveyed by those horseshit movies that I refuse to even acknowledge they exist sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I also recently uh, purchased uh, quite a, a camera set, a still camera set. Really? Yes. Uh, no small expense. Uh, my father, who is a, uh, a fine artist in his retired years and has been doing it for some time, uh, wants to start uh, selling prints of his work. And so he's like, hey, son, I want you to help me uh, photograph my stuff so we can get it on this print thing and get that going. And I'm sure. like, okay, that, that's cool. I'd love to help you with that. That's awesome. But uh, when he says take a picture of something, he's thinking like on his iPhone right. or his Kodak digital camera from Jesus Christ, like 1996 sure. or something like that. I'm like, well, why isn't that okay? And I'm like, Okay, um, I built a website for you, and like the pictures on your website are barely good enough to warrant even having on a website. <clears throat> now you want to blow these things up life-size and have them accurate reproductions of your art that somebody feels comfortable paying $60 for a framed copy of. Right. All right, let me do some work. So did some research, probably no less than 15 hours of research on – how to do that, what kind of lighting you need, what kind of lens you need, what kind of camera you need, how do you do it, how do you print it, where do you print it, what do they charge, how do you do the upmarking and all that stuff. Right. Um, what I came down to is you need a macro lens. A macro lens is a lens that doesn't have a zoom capacity. It sees like your eyeball sees right. pretty much. Also, It's limited in that, but it also gives you the truest representation, great for portraiture and still life. <clears throat> uh, also insects and shit like that. Um, you take a picture of a, a square, a section of the painting, and then you move the painting and take a picture of another square, like a tile, and you, t you tile the pictures, moving the painting up and down, leaving the camera still to ensure the same lighting source. Okay. Uh, you have a consistent lighting source. You try to get uh, daylight fluorescent bulbs that are going to be of a constant quality. Also, there's different kinds of daylight bulbs burning at different qualities of light to simulate a noonday sun. Sure. So I looked at all the color temperatures, which ones are the most accurately saturated to give you the most reproduction of color. And then you assemble all those different tiles in Photoshop, and then there, boom, you got your big fucking huge image. So did some Amazoning, did some eBaying, some Craigslisting, some looking at different places. Ended up buying the camera from B&H Photo and of course, video that's where I've done all of my cameras. Really? Tripod, lighting, business. There you go. Yes, they sell uh, excellent uh, used goods and mm -hmm. very comfortable 90-day warranty on them, 15-day, no questions asked, return policy. So I ended up getting a, a, a Canon digital camera, DSLR, uh, 600D, a T3i model. Uh, interchangeable lenses, comes with a stock cam uh, lens. Nine plus condition, which is pretty sweet for used, uh, about a hundred bucks off of what I could got on Amazon. So that's okay. I, I could have gotten better if I had time to wait, but my my father really wants to get this going on. Sure. And he gave he gave me five hundred bucks to work with okay. for this camera. Cost five hundred bucks. Boom. There's that five hundred bucks. Right. Two seventy for a used macro lens. Saved one hundred and twenty bucks. Versus what that goes for, even used on, on uh, Amazon. <clears throat> then lighting set, umbrellas, stuff like that. Uh, little remote control for the camera so you don't shake the camera when you're taking a picture. Right. Disc, stuff like that. Ended up being about a cool 900 and something dollars. So okay. I put about four something of my own cash in there. Right. But the caveat is I get to keep this camera when I'm not photographing his stuff. So sure. I can use it for whatever. This camera also supposedly has some really good kick-ass uh, movie making potential on it records uh, 1080p uh, and 720p and 60 frames a second I think in uh, 720p so you can do some slow motion stuff and there's a group of hackers out there known as the Magic Lantern community that has made firmware that you install that tells the camera to operate in different ways from the Canon intended way to work example built in filters for like oh cinema mode boom and then it automatically lays on a filter subset using this Magic Lantern software to create an essence of a filmic look. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to be playing around with that in the next week or so when I get all that shit in. And uh, that'll be fun. Uh, we should shoot some shit, man. We should. We should. We need to come up with some things. Or just get together and fucking shoot something. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I say this from time to time. Like, yep. 
oh, just need a camera. Now I got a camera. Right. And I'm like, yep, oh, just need a lighting rig. I got some pretty decent lights. Oh, now just gotta fucking do it. Well, that's Come cool, man. Like yeah, so it's neat. I haven't told my wife that I spent four hundred twenty dollars of her own money. Okay. But I got some extra cash rolling in because of this extra work with the brewery. So I'm like, and I'm also, oh, I can use this in my graphic design, which is true. I can. And uh, seeing how much I can recompense my investment. And also I can use it as tax write-off next year. But that's exciting. That's kind of what I'm nerding on or anticipating nerding on more. I'll let you know how that develops Please. as time goes on. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to make you look at pictures of my kids' feet. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll try not to get a boner. No. <laughs> you don't have to try with me. All right, folks. I think that's it, eh? That is it. Thanks for joining us. We will be back next week uh, or next year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just all depends. Next season. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Please follow us on Twitter and retweet our shit because we have we don't overload you with bullshit, but when we do tweet, it's good stuff. So send us some followers. Uh, and retweet our uh, our tweets. Word and spread the pain of our podcast available on iTunes. Tell them to look for them under the big purple nerd. Later! You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. Nerds! 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 Nerds!